We're making some headway. We're making some progress. Not to say, though, that we still have massive problems with uh, inflation. Maybe it's going to get better. I don't know. I, it depends on who you talk to in terms of whether we've peaked, we're on the downside, the upside, what's going to happen. All we know is uh, inflation is at record highs and uh, so are interest rates, right? Well, not record highs for interest rates, but they're moving up in a way that we haven't seen in some time. So um, what's it going? And, and then what about jobs? Because you saw the jobs report that came out last week and it was excellent. I ki- kind of, maybe, I don't know because unemployment at all time lows, but there's a lot of jobs available and we're actually losing jobs and unemployment is staying the same or going down. It's hard to make sense of. So we've got someone who can hopefully do just that for us. Jim Stanford, an economist and director of the Center for Future Work. Jim, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, sir, for having me. Yeah, no, it, it all is a little confusing to a layperson like myself. Is the current mm-hmm. unemployment situation in Canada, is, is it a good news story or a, a bad news story? We've got low unemployment, but we've also got, you know, issues in terms of we're losing jobs every month. You know, Shay, uh, there's a famous joke where Harry Truman, the U.S. president, said, I'm sick and tired of economists saying on the one hand this and on the other hand that. Would somebody please bring me a one-armed economist? <laughs> and uh, the situation you described fits that perfectly. On the one hand... It's in a good state. The unemployment rate is low, and as you point out, there's a lot of job vacancies, and people feel more confident that they can find a job or even switch jobs if they're not happy with their current position, and that's a good thing. On the other hand, uh, we have seen some darkening clouds gathering on the horizon, and uh, Friday's uh, report from Statistics Canada was actually, I thought, quite negative. Second month in a row, we've lost a significant number of jobs uh, in the overall economy, And we're also starting to see uh, Canadians withdrawing from the labor market, which is a very negative sign. So this, uh, in my mind, dates back to March of this year. That's when the Bank of Canada put in the first of four interest rate increases. And their goal... Their goal is to slow the economy down, and guess what? It's working. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about economics, but I do know that that's, you know, the textbook economic response to inflation, increase interest rates. Yeah. Um, so are we getting exactly what we wanted to see, or is, has something gone awry? The problem in this case, uh, Shay, is the inflation itself doesn't really match the textbook story. You know, in that textbook story, uh, you've got a situation where unemployment is too low, wages are taking off, and businesses have to pass on those costs to consumers. But that isn't how this inflation happened. We had supply chain disruptions resulting from COVID. We had a global energy price shock, which is uh, retreating a bit, as you just uh, noted, but it still pushed energy prices very high. Mm-hmm. You've had a big shift in consumer spending patterns because we couldn't travel and we couldn't eat out so we bought building supplies to renovate our house and home electronics to get through the pandemic with all of those things created a set of inflationary pressures that's very different from the textbook response so why do we want to then cool off the whole economy which is what's happening in order to address those problems which were quite unique and i think quite limited to the post-covid environment yeah, exactly. It was such an extraordinary circumstance that maybe the, the, the boilerplate textbook example is mm-hmm. not going to be your best solution. 
That, that's what I would argue. I would argue that uh, for sure, inflation was clearly a side effect of the pandemic and the responses to the pandemic. And uh, the economy is actually in much better shape uh, after the pandemic than most uh, economists, myself included, would ever have predicted. And that's partly because of the very strong uh, income supports and other measures that were put in place. So that should be a good news story. But if we focus too much on inflation, that really is, um, you know, a limited and uh, um, unusual set of circumstances that's caused this inflation, uh, then we kind of lose the forest for the trees. And this is where I think people are, particularly at the Bank of Canada, uh, are just um, obsessing over that one challenge, yeah. inflation, and ignoring the big picture. What What are some of the things that we aren't seeing? Like you say, because it, 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 it's, I mean, I don't want to say it's derivative, but like I said, mm-hmm. this is, seems to be the automatic response. It always mm-hmm. is to rising inflation. What kind of right. subtleties, what other... You know, uh, indicators are you looking at is maybe we can do things a little differently this time around? Yeah, well, one of them that I've been following closely is wages, uh, of course. And if, in fact, the problem was resulting from a a labor market that was too tight, then you should see wages uh, accelerating and leading the inflationary process. And that clearly has not happened. There's been a bit of an uptick in wages, but wages are way, way behind inflation, which means almost all workers are actually have lower real wages. That means less purchasing power today than they did uh, a year ago or even before the pandemic now. So uh, this is a real challenge, and it's more evidence that the problem didn't start in the labor market. So why are we going to hammer the labor market to solve this problem? I think there could be other ways, other ways we get at it uh, in terms of looking at uh, some of the, uh, some of the price pressures, some of the supply chain problems, uh, smoothing out some of the infrastructure problems we've seen at ports and railways and that kind of thing. Uh, And some of it, frankly, is just going to involve waiting uh, we have already seen energy prices coming down. We're seeing uh, agricultural commodities coming down. We're seeing shipping costs coming down. So some of this problem is going to solve itself, and we don't need to put the whole economy into a recession in order to wrestle inflation to the ground. That's what I wanted to ask, because you're talking about supply chains and things like that, and they are starting mm-hmm. to get better. But, I mean, I guess, is it a matter of patience? And how long can you be patient when you see costs doing yeah. what they're doing? There's a demand to act, Right. Yeah, there's a demand to act. The question is, uh, you know, by throwing people out of work, are, are you actually imposing a, a cure that's worse than the disease? And in many cases, I think I think you are. So, um, uh, to, you know, the, the big fear that has been stated is that we'll get a repeat of what was considered the 1970s storyline of so-called wage price spiral, where rising wages were passed on to consumers and then more wages and then more prices and so on and so forth. And that storyline is definitely not what's happening right now. In fact, we've seen prices move way ahead of input costs, including wages. This is why profits in industries like uh, supermarkets, for example, energy and gas stations, of course, uh, banks, these are all powerful, concentrated industries where profits have actually been leading the higher prices, not costs. And so there's something to be said there around uh, how do you limit the exercise of uh, oligopolistic power that helps to explain why prices have risen so quickly. So, Jim, can I ask you to look into the crystal ball here? How do you see this ending and when do you see this ending? I know it's impossible to predict, but what do you think? 
Crystal balls and economists, that's another danger zone. <laughs> they say we were put on Earth to make astrologists look good. So that's pretty good. I got two economics jokes into this You're interview. You're doing very well, yeah. <laughs> um, most economists, I would say, think uh, there's a recession coming. Yes. There's lots of evidence. The U.S. is already in a technical recession. Our uh, labor force and employment are shrinking. Our GDP in May went zero, uh, and we could see a negative number soon. Uh, housing, of course. Uh, turning down very quickly, consumer and investor confidence turning down quickly. Those are all bad signs. So my guess is that we're headed for a recession, and and what angers me more than anything else is uh, we didn't have to do this. Interesting. Okay. Jim, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's Jim Stanford. Jim is an economist and director of the Center for Future Work.